What's going on, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Carbonite Bounty BS. It's been a minute. It's definitely been a minute, guys. And yeah. Well, glad to be back. As we see, Ooh. we have an, another nickname here as well. So, um, <laughs> let me let me start by saying I I fulfilled my sentence. I watched Star Trek: The Motion Picture. Uh, <laughs> on VHS. Oh man! Okay. Oh wow! So great film. And if you if you uh, if you aren't aware, they are coming out with a digitally enhanced version with unseen uh, unseen scenes edited in. So they're actually doing the George <laughs> Lucas thing. They're they're in you know they're uh, they're fixing it up. They're making it better. That'll be released soon. So everyone, please watch. Great film. Thank you for the sentence. Uh, your Honorable D.B. Brown, I appreciate uh, you levying that on me. It's been a while since I watched that film, and I realized it was it was a really great film. So, thanks. Okay. Appreciate it. Yeah, what a punishment. Okay. <laughs> oh, what a punishment. I, oh, it 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 it, it just, just sent curdles up my spine. I'm sure it did. <laughs> and you deserved it. By the way, I just I just want to make sure. Yeah, you I deserved it. it. Yeah, I did because I, I had such a terrible argument on why George Lucas screwed up these films by releasing all this crap information. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. Let's get on to the real show. Go ahead, T. Mitch. Right. Well, before we even dive into that, let's let our guy, our resident guy, DP, let everybody know where to find us at. Nerdcyclopedia.com, people. Make sure you're going to that website. You will get your favorite links to all your social media platforms that we are on at Nerdcyclopedia on Facebook, Twitter, and also on Instagram. Make sure that you are um, subscribing to us on um, all our podcasts. Uh, we are on Stitcher, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, um, Spotify, anywhere that you listen to your favorite podcast, we are there. Leave us some feedback, nerds at nerdcyclopedia.com. We love getting your feedback. Make sure that you are um, on our Facebook groups. You know, we are um, on um, Carbonite Bounty BS, a Facebook group. Um, and make sure that you are leaving us some comment comments and talking about Andor. We, we're, we're today talking about Andor, the new Star Wars series. So make sure you leave us some comments and feedback on what you think about it and what you think about us talking about it. And most of all, make sure that you're hitting that subscribe button and also going on to our YouTube channel. If you're watching us right now on YouTube, hitting that subscribe button and um, also hitting that notification button. So anytime that we're on, you know that we are on. Well said, well said. And, um, you know, guys, we I know we talked about this kind of three episode leading into this and how we were going to really digest it. Um, kind of initial reviews. I'll just keep mine short and sweet, to be honest. And it's not because I'm running out of breath, but merely because uh, really, I mean, I'm just going to watch this with an open eye, meaning I know we discussed a lot of times with um, even, you know, Marvel projects being a little bit hitting, you know, left a course or what we thought the course should be. I'm really, you know, taking this from a DP perspective and really just looking at this for what it is. And I'll say what, you know, outside of just the general aesthetic of this this, this series so far, it's breathtaking to me. Um, the only thing I say that it's an injustice that I felt episode one and two could have been shown on a, on a on a motion picture, meaning the way this is shot at night. I don't feel that watching it at your home and Disney Plus on a standard television screen does it any justice. The way these night shots are shot and the way it looks on that picture I think that any of the night footage they've shown so far is almost motion picturesque in my eyes. I mean, I think that can be shown literally in a theater, the way they shoot these light, these evening scenes and, and these shots. So, yeah, I'm just really excited for it. I like it. I don't really have a, a negative review to say. I've seen a lot on there, but I'm really open with this. I really like the different story, and I'm, I'm just open to what they have to offer. What about you, DP? Oh man, I mean, I, I second that. Um, so I'm actually going to be disrespectful Ooh. and mention that um, I was at my son's practice watching this on my iPhone. So <laughs> <laughs> he didn't hear that. Oh. Don't worry, he, he didn't hear oh, that. Terrible. I'm beating, and um, I watched the first two episodes um, on the um, on, on my iPhone and. You know, I was just I was just taken aback from it. You know, I'm going to I'm going to rewatch this after this again, you know, just to get the full effect on my, um, you know, um, um, studio, you know, studio cinema and thing and everything. 
But um, I ended up watching the third episode, you know, on, on my, um, you know, big screen and everything. And yes, oh, man, Whew. man, 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 man. Yes, this is basically what I've been craving for from this universe ever since I've um, watched the Clone Wars and, um, you know, Rebel stuff, you know. Um, I know you guys are, you know, hardcore into the Lord, loves the Skywalker saga stuff and everything. And, you know, God bless the Skywalkers and stuff. But this right here. You know, if if you're talking about making changing tones, you know, or 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 in a universe and having the Ewoks exist in the same universe as this, you know, this is like it's it's just incredible. I mean, it's amazing that you know where we even getting this type of content, uh, and the fact that um, you can switch tones and still make it justifiably be about Star Wars. And about like, you know, just another section of the universe just does the whole universe ju justice and justifies, you know, it, it being making um, being made. I'm very surprised and very proud of Disney putting the money forth for a character that's really, I guess, minor in the Star Wars horror canon because he just began it back in role one. And we're just now getting another story with him and everything. Um, to, to put them this money, the money's on the screen right there, too. So, put to put that money in the screen for this project and to not really sell any type of toys, you know. Um, I mean, it's a testament to what Disney okay, we're 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 trying something different, it's it's uh, um, and and we're going to see how it works. And if it doesn't, then you know, it, it doesn't work. But I'm very happy that they've They've they 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 got the balls to actually go this route for this type of story. Yeah, I I totally agree. And you know where my review is going to start is. So we've been talking about looking for a story that came from the common man, like just the regular guy, like one of us. How would we deal with all of this that was going on? And I think they hit it out of the park by giving us that guy, that guy that we could all relate to and his backstory all combined into the first. So we know exactly why Cassian is driven to this, to the end where we see him in Rogue One. We, we know, we, we already know, we know. So episode four, they can just take off and go wherever. So we've got the backstory we got a we got a character that's totally believable and relatable and yeah working class just just a regular dude on the street how would he deal with all this how is he going to deal with his you know his family his his workplace and how how you know how how do you make all this work um these this is going to be a great story and uh, i hope they keep it in the same vibe i mean i like the fact also that we're being forced to introduce ourselves to basically like non-Star Wars. I don't want to say, I don't know how to relate because that's what I, I've watched it twice. And I just, that's what I'm getting. Like we didn't see any stormtroopers. We didn't see any Star Destroyers. We didn't see the Death Star. We saw Republic crew. We saw some Republic remnants in that uh, ship that crashed on, crashed on uh, Canary. So we see some of the dying it, you know, Star Wars Galaxy, but we didn't see any of the new stuff that we're all kind of familiar with. It, it forced us to sort of open our minds and know that there was more out there. There was stuff that we didn't know. And I, I dug that because I'll tell you what, there was some le legit scenes in there with just Cassian and like his co-workers. And you got the idea. He was just the guy that everyone wanted to talk to at the water cooler, right? It's just some guy. He was cool. Um, chicks dug him and i like the way that they're going with all this so for me these were a great let's get used to something new episode set and i i understand why they released these three all like that because you needed that because you got that whole backstory thing um and it really set up a nice launch to whatever we're we're in for here so great great show so far You know, for me, and I'm just going to say it, this, this show is is very much the most sci-fi of all the Star Wars content we've seen, and at least Star Wars-y. Like, like, I think, Ken, you really hit the nail on the head. There's no stormtroopers. 
There's no lightsabers. There's no force powers. There's no Jedi. You could very easily tell me that this was not a Star Wars property, and I would believe you. Um, mm-hmm. And and I think that is a very big strength because you know this is a very different flavor. This has this is much more adult. This is like the James Bond of Star Wars. He has an or he has this origin story here. You know, he's plucked out of obscurity. He he has this ability to sort of blend in with the Imperials. And I really appreciated how they've differentiated what these corporate people are in relationship to the empire. And, yeah. in, and, and they've really given them a flavor that's very specific. It's this, this very, this Martinet sort of jerky bureaucracy, right? Which is, you know, which is not something you see in a lot of other star Wars. It's always a lot of dash and, and a lot of, and I'll say this too, like in the Clone Wars, they were always like, oh, General Grievous is a strategic, is a strategic genius. And oh, Obi-Wan Kenobi is a, a strategic genius. And these guys are idiots. There's idiots on this show. Dummies, just stupid morons on this show. And I love that, that Star Wars has given that to me. I want to say this show has the stupidest character in maybe all of Star Wars. And they named him Tim. His name is just oh, Tim. Yeah. Tim. Like with two M's, and 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 that is, it's like, like when you're watching Game of Thrones, and they're all of a sudden like, this is Lord Bob, or this is Lord Jason. You know what I mean? Like it's just a name that sounds so normal. Right. Uh, and Tim was a jerk. What is he thinking? I'm running, running at the guy with a gun pointed at him. Like what? What is he thinking? Anyway, I, I'm glad Tim got what was coming to him. But I think they <laughs> just get that right. They deserve it. So, and I also like that this show. You know, is it has it's very it has a very separate motif. Like you know, you're going to be watching Andor when you watch it because it's separate. The the bad people are dressed like Dwight Freeney, so you know, hunting people down at Syracuse, right? I mean, somebody must have been a Big East football fan and not been a big Syracuse fan to design these costumes. Um, I I love the very very arrogant assistant um, inspector, and I really love the the lazy bureaucracy of the old inspector who just leaves and he's like, "No, nah, we're not going to do any of that stuff." And he. Just, <laughs> He just takes off. He's like, you're going to write this up as an accident. And when I get back, it'll all be gone. Right. <laughs> he just leaves, which makes sense. Cause, and it's so funny. Cause we know he's actually right about what happened, right? Like he actually has the correct expectation. Mm-hmm. Um, this show has this show. That, these are kind of like elements of British television too, like British stories. And you have this, this Marva character who's sort of like an old, a wily old sort of British lady. Right. So this is also a very English show for some reason. And I, and I think that's that's very, very interesting too. So, you know, if you compare it to Obi-Wan Kenobi, which just came out, you know, last the last thing that's very Jedi-centric, it obviously has mainline characters. Darth Vader's in it. Hayden Christensen's in it. You know, this is exactly the opposite almost of Obi-Wan Kenobi. And, you know, I, Ken, you made another really great point. And you deserve it because you had to watch Star Wars uh, or Star Trek. You had to watch Star Trek to watch the pictures. You deserve to make some good points. But this is very much the working class Star Wars. And I think that, you know what? It's time for us to get outside the palace walls and see what this universe is like and what it's like on the grimy end of, of this industry. And and I'm here for it. This this is a, this show is, has got my attention. Yeah, you know. Go ahead, yeah. Well, what I was going to say is even from a tech standpoint, like we talked a little bit about how they they do keep the worlds all relevant. So everything kind of looks the same. So there's cohesion. But for me, like I'm a tech guy, so I'm always looking at how they're doing that. And just an example, Cassian's ship, when he launches off of um, the, the the Desperado world, right? uh, BBY-5, yeah, a little BB-Y. bit of the Y-Wing engines on that ship. I mean, there's all these right. callbacks so that everything, even though it's a different story and it's a different timeline and it's something something new that we're kind of experiencing, we can see, still feel that. We can still feel it's still part of that universe. And I dig the way they the, they, they, the, the blasters all kind of look the weapons are all kind of cohesive and even the even the uh the 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 blowgun darts that the yeah, the, yeah that was the uh, the canary people are the canary people are sort of using are very similar to what ray uses her staff you know there's things that just kind of pull everything together so i think they're still it's a new story new characters 
new new perspective, but they're using set design and technology to 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 hinge everything together. So I, I just I dig that too. I thought those blowguns. I thought that was a really great homage to like um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. That mm, introdu yeah. that introductory scene where Alfred Molina is just like all full of darts yep. at the end there, and I thought that was that was really neat. I, I thought the way that they you know they showed why Andor is sort of why is Kanari weird. All those kids are there. It's just the kids, and they don't really explain it to you. They just let you know this is a really really messed up situation. Yeah, um, and the language too. Like, yeah, there was no subtitles. No, no subtitles. Yep, mm -hmm. they just said yep. that we just knew what they were saying. Yeah, knew yeah, what yeah. they were trying to communicate to each other. That was that was slick. Was yeah, really cool. yeah, yeah. If you don't get a lot of shows, in fact, I'm I can't really think of any show right now off the top of my head where we get such an extended amount of communication without any subtitles. You know. Mm -hmm. Um, for English, you know, language, you know, English, you know, speaking show and everything. So I thought that was very decisive when Disney could have just been, okay, well, the audience is going to need subtitles, captions and stuff. So please present that. So I, I think it was a lot of hands-off stuff. Tony Gilroy is, is like the showrunner creator. He did like the Born Legacy and um, Michael Clayton, you oh, know. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah. Um, um, and plus, you know, he did, he rewrote I mean, he wrote the, you know, Rogue One and did a lot of the, um, the, the re, the reshoots and everything of uh, Rogue One and stuff. So his, his, his hands and everything are all over this. I mean, from the very first shot of like the very second scene in like the first episode, you know, you see Andor, um, and, and a couple of, um, I want to say, uh, bandits or whatever come up from behind, but all we see is Andor at first. Um, and but we hear like the the bandits or whatever come up from behind him, just like talking and you know asking him you know different questions and stuff, or trying to taunt him um, to get him to reveal himself and everything. But we don't really see him, and then we see them in like a um, in like a a, 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 a side of sort of like sort of out of out of phase type of you mm -hmm. know camera thing. So I noticed that like right off the bat, this is going to be just different. I mean, from the trailers that we seen, we knew it was going to be different anyway, but. Just seeing this, just like confirm everything I wanted in in this in this from the cin cinematography, from the camera angles to like the <coughs> to like the um the way it was just shot. Period. It's shot as if it was like an adult uh, adult film. It's shot like oh, it was that's, a yeah. film and everything. You know. That's, well, no, that's yeah. No, I I, I definitely <laughs> get where you're coming from with that. And uh, to be honest, when you say when you say adult film, I mean. <laughs> You know, I mean, I, I, you know, what do you mean? I really do get what you mean, ODP, and then I really give kudos to Disney for this. I mean, when you talk about the content, you know, not really just really adult film, but uh, the content, I mean, the, the first scene, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, from that first scene where, yeah, you know, oh man, the money, just go right to the action, just like right to the money shot. <laughs> Right to the money shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the kind of the, the beginning scenes of him, it was very, you know, very adult oriented. Meaning the content, like you're saying, is a lot more mature. I mean, he yeah. they, they he blows the guy's head off, which I'm like, wow, Disney's gonna really allow that to happen. There was, you know, the scene with uh, her and Tim, kind of like in the bedroom, and I'm like, geez, that's pretty racy for Disney. This is something they typically don't do. So I like how they're kind of letting the reins go and letting this show develop. And really, this is 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 kind of alluded to. This is a true story. This isn't something that's not, you know, in the city walls. This is what true gritty people outside of an upper echelon society. This is how people, normal people live, right? So I really like how we're taking the story. Um, really kind of gives you, and kind of like the, the kind of Galaxy's Edge vibes, right? When you're in that city, it kind of makes you feel like you're in Galaxy's Edge. It, so I kind of. I, I thought that same thing. As I soon as like, they saw some of those like, buildings, I was like, I was like yeah, well, that looks cool. exactly like, you know, you walk yeah. in there and. You see the the outpost first, and you see the right. restaurant, and uh, I was like, I was just kind of like, yeah, man. So I, I think they're really hitting all phases for adults. So I mean, like I said, I don't know how the kids' reaction will be, but for as far as what we're think looking at, I think this is hitting, you know, everything I've asked for. And this is, you know, and I don't want to take it away from this, but I think this is where Boba kind of missed that boat to being mm. a little more serious, yeah. a little more gritty. This is what we wanted in that show. So mm. I'm liking how it seems like they take feedback well from 
I don't know if it's us or whoever, but it seems like these shows progressively seem to get better and better and better as we as we move along this um, this new phase of Star Wars. Yeah, it, it uh, sort of like, you know, gives lights. I don't know what happened with like a lot of the shows beforehand, whether it was like a COVID issue or whether they were getting more dependent on like the volume thing, because I don't see a lot of that in this. You know, it seemed like <laughs> it, seemed, <laughs> it seemed like they got a uh, they, they progress and decide, OK, well, you know what? It's time to get out of Manhattan Beach Studios and let's go outside and actually shoot some stuff. You know, mm-hmm. let's get some trees. Let's get some, you know, let's mm-hmm. go. Let's actually go on location and actually film some things. You know, let's not just use like a, a, you know, a background and, you know, just have people walking. That was fine in like the 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 early COVID days and stuff. You know, when the first season of Mandalorian came on, it was like, ooh, wow, and all that stuff. But now we're seeing sort of like the, the limits and the flaws of that, you know, sort of seams and everything come out. Um, this, I think Disney's like, OK. Let's just see, you know, let's just see what can happen if we put a little bit more money in between, you know, behind this. And and like you said, T-Mitch, props to Disney for allowing more mature type of content for this universe, because they could easily, like I said, um, they could easily just let it just just have its own like, you know, not to say that Obi-Wan Kenobi was a, you know, a, a less mature tone and everything or, you know, Boba Fett or Mandalorian or what have you. But they could have just easily did those type of tones and it would have I think it would have been a lot less effective. This we're taking it a lot more seriously with everything that we're seeing on the screen. Mm-hmm. There are consequences here. I mean, if there's anything that Boba Fett's wearing, you know, it's plot armor. You know what I'm saying? And, he, and even those scenes of him as a, um, you know, his scenes escaping the Sarlacc pit, his scenes with the sand people. I mean, they're anticlimactic because they're not going to kill Boba Fett off over there. We know he's fine because it's a flashback. Andor, what's different is that Andor has placed the tension in these flashbacks on all the other characters that are there, meaning that you can have that paid off. When the their leader is shot dead by a Republic officer, right? That's That's traumatic. And, and and we see this echoed through all the rest of these episodes. I mean, these guys that, that come after Andor, they don't get a second shot. <laughs> There's no second chances in this and, universe. And that's how you create a rebellion. Mm-hmm. That's how you start it right there. You have to you have to affect someone so deeply and so emotionally that you create a a vessel to pour all this anger into. And yeah. he was the perfect, the perfect subject for that. And I like the I like that we got that. Like I was said in my initial review, I like we got that entire story filled in for us, so we know why Cassian was willing to basically fall on the sword, yeah, for the rebellion because it started with that moment, right? That moment where that. That leader that we didn't even know who it was. I mean, we don't know anything about these these kids. There's yeah. no adults. It's just kids. Yeah. And what what was so important about her? You know, yeah. She was yeah. obviously the leader, and she obviously influenced the entire tribe so much that Cassian felt that this was the the tool that he needed to kind of just bounce, you know, create. You know, it, it's affected his entire life. Yeah, I mean, what you're seeing there, you're seeing a young, uh, young, impressionable mind being affected by something deeply traumatic, you know, mm-hmm. with, with her dying and, you know, the, um, um, and all that, you know, the attack and everything happening. And it lasting is being just, and we'll probably see more of his per- personality. We're actually already seeing it now. Cassian carries a lot of weight with him. He carries mm-hmm. a lot of remembrance and stuff. He um he he doesn't let things go. So yeah. obviously, you know, he doesn't let things go. You yeah, know, he's still looking for his sister. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, he's he's not letting things go. And it's 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 all it's following all the way up to his adulthood. I mean, obviously, you know, us being like, you know, adults here, we're we we may have hold, held on to something to our childhood. It speaks to something about um um holding on to something and letting that 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 sense of what you what happened to you when you was young develop into um or manifest itself you know as you get older and you know you just keep carrying it so long and everything um and you don't know how to necessarily you or, or you just learn how to to um 
to 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 manif to 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 put it put it put it in different ways that it'll it'll help others that it'll um you know affect others and Cassian is on a mission from when he when that first happened to him when he was young all the way up to right now we're seeing his origin story and I love the way episode three sort of went back and forth those last few scenes between mm -hmm. him when he was young and him when he was older you know when him in the present day and everything. And it and it, and it just really juxtaposed really good. That's such a what a great like Western escape like the, what a great like paced scene that is like the way the way we have this tete a tete between these characters trying to suss each other out trying to decide you know is this actually the person I want to I want to meet and then to have them go on this like adventure where they're escaping these corporate again morons these idiots that they sent after them. I mean, you wonder where the where did the mediocre people end up in Star Wars? The answer is corporate space, mm -hmm. and, and I'm so glad that we got that like so personified. You know, they, they have the corporate sector is like one of those things in Star Wars that people talk about, and like it's there, it's drawn on maps, and you don't go there very much. It's just like a, a place where you can go, and things are a little different. And I know Han Solo, like a bunch of Han Solo stories, he would go and mess with this corporation and stuff. And so to see it here in all of its lifeless hellish you know wage slave glory and to be portrayed as such right by disney of all companies like one of the biggest companies on earth is so interesting right I, it really makes it really makes you think um i think it's interesting also we see all this there's a lot of environmental damage that's being done to these places yeah. there these characters are i mean strip mining uh this enormous mm. quarry uh you know stripping these ships for parts you know, basically breaking down old surplus Clone Wars, you know, stuff for scrap or whatever. And it's just wrecking these places where the, where this is happening. Like, it's like the Empire showing up is not a good thing for anywhere. <laughs> it's always and, awful. And, and they know that. And they, to to uh, piggyback off your corporate, uh, you know, the corporate despise uh, of the, this story, it, I felt like at one point, I felt like I was watching an episode of Cops, you know, <laughs> where they bust in the door and we're here to deliver a warrant, you know, for Cassian Endor, we're but they're busting in and, you know, they don't know who they're, they don't, they don't even know if he's there and they just ransack the whole place. So that's really how the common man thinks of authority right, right there is just, and, and that starts the whole mis distrust and hatred of the empire, because that's what the empire is. They just come in and just, they squash you. And they're using the Centurion guards, the Centurion patrol security, as their, uh, I don't know, their, as the first nail, you know. So it's not really the Empire. It's these, like, local government-funded uh, uh, authority figures that are really causing the trouble. But really, the Empire's driving the whole thing. Yeah, and you got to wonder about that because I'm thinking, okay... Palpatine is driving all this, right? Mm, so right. He's the top guy. So how does things filter down when he gives orders and how things filter down to each level of management? He manipulates all the way down everybody. <coughs> yeah, he manipulates everybody. So you're thinking, well, why are these people? The it couldn't possibly be the Empire. They're way out there. They're way far away. They, we're on the outer rim. They have no, they have no reach here. Uh, guess what? Yes, they do. Yeah, and the uh, I believe the old um, uh, I guess the leader of them, the, that older man, said that you know basically you need to report this before the empire. So it's one of those things, right? That the empire is the overall kind of government of this, but they are still kind of separatists as long as they follow it, you know, and stay in between their lanes, so to speak. Right. As these outlying issues start happening, I guess the government or the empire then comes, pulls the reins, and then takes over. So. You know, I, I, it's kind of funny. It's hit to say this government stuff. It, it's kind of funny how Disney puts the kid on there with the uh, tailored suit, and I love how they um, laid that out off the bat when he came in and he tailored the suit. He said, "Oh, you've uh, redesigned your suit there." And it's <laughs> they, they, the person. It, it's funny how Disney's kind of portraying him. If you were like looking like the white, skinny, male, scrawny, not really mm -hmm. assertive character, like I said, I mean, they're allowing this to happen, whether it's them calling the shots or not. So it's it's kind of a fun story. 
them poking fun at, you know, corporate America, maybe themselves or the the machine, if you will. So, hey, I'm, I'm all for it so far. These first three um, were cool. I was expecting them to be a little longer based on what we heard. But, I mean, I'm still happy with, you know, whatever, 38 minutes yeah. at least it an was, episode. It's it good. Was long enough. For, it was, yeah. For I, thought, I think, yeah, I think an hour would have been like overkill for each, you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that would that would have been too much. I think the uh, the 38, 40 minute mark was yeah, a good that's... a good time uh, for right. the story because there was a lot. I mean, there was a lot to fill in. I mean, we're looking at new new stuff, new content. Yeah, and nothing relates back to what we already know. Everything is kind of a new. Yeah, we're learning about a new world. I mean, I've never heard of any of these places. You know, I'll mm-hmm. be honest. No. I don't know about any of these planets or any of these. You know, the, so, this, well, Canary uh, is brand new. Brand new, yeah. So is, uh, no, I've never heard uh, of the Canary. I've yeah. never heard of the the Bob that mom, the yeah. other planet they're on. Well, Thing um, is the one that they're on. Current, that's where he is. That's where yeah. that uh, the the refinery is. They're like breaking down the the technology and, and you know milling it or whatever the hell they're doing. I want to know the significance of the gloves. <laughs> yeah, why? why yeah, right. Why they come to work and there's only one blank space, so that has to be Cassian. So where's his gloves? You know, I don't know, but everybody else comes and get their gets their gloves. Like, what's what's the deal? What's the are deal they getting that? them at the end of this shift? Did it seem yeah. like they were picking them up and yeah. then leaving? Why well, would they do that? Going to work? I don't know anything about it. I'm pretty sure they were going to work. They're picking uh, up their gloves. Why were they picking up their? Why can't they take their gloves home with them? What's the What's the point of that? Well, have you ever smelled hockey gloves? They're terrible. You don't want I those don't smell those gloves. Hockey well, equipment does not smell great. They want to take them gloves shoes. home. Push I mean, they're out there them. working all day in that hot, hot like belching sun, where there's gases of all sorts getting splashed with Lord knows what, using acetylene torches to cut like what a hyper steel or whatever the shit they call it now in the the GFFA. And yeah. you know what? Here's here's something I know about the GFFA is if it makes a credit in that galaxy, Sheev Palpatine's getting a taste, and yeah. that's just how it is everywhere. And you know, I I'm reminded credit, absolutely. And I'm reminded of the way the Roman Empire was structured in a couple ways. One, the emperor controlled about fifty percent of all the wealth in the entire em- empire. So that's like just to give you an idea of how wealthy and powerful an emperor is going to be in this scenario. Uh, Sheev controls almost all of the money. So, you know, it's, it's when we talk about corporate, he owns this, this is just like a a wholly owned entity. And for the Romans, Augustus held Egypt, uh, which you may be familiar with. (laughs) You may have heard of that place before. He held Egypt as a personal protectorate. So it was the, the, uh, the emperor's property and the corporate sector, I believe is kind of structured similarly where you don't have the oversight, you know, and maybe you don't have as much, uh, you don't have to do as much reporting. The Senate can't really mess with it. Cause remember the Senate's still around. This is five years BBY as they were yeah. so very kind to tell us in the right terminology. Yeah, thank the you right, again. The right, at the, right at the beginning. <laughs> right. So we knew that. So thank you very much. So, you know, all of that, all of that tracks, all of that makes sense. But you know, when Sheev, when Sheev's getting his taste, he's, he's in some cases selecting for loyalty and as we've seen in, in you know our real world, selecting for loyalty instead of talent oftentimes will lead you into a position where the people that you can send to deal with a problem are idiots and will do yeah. stupid idiot stuff that you can't control. And that's not great. And that's what the that's where the uh, Centurion security force comes into play because they're really the they're the they're the they're the screw that falls out. I mean, there's really That's no analogy. They are the, they are the, they're the, you know, they're the throwing the, you know, the, you know, the, the large rock at the ant, you know, and, and they don't do it well. They miss. Oh yeah, the royal. And, and we see at the end where the kid that was adjusting his suit and tape, you know, making, you know, do, he was like, I, "I'm, I'm gone." Like he, you could see it in his eyes. He had that Admiral Ozel look, like. I'm out of here. This is my last, my last gig. There was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of sadness in his eyes. And I wondered if this, he's going to be maybe a character that moves on with us, or is he going to be wiped out? Like, is he, are we going to see him in episode four or is he gone? 
I mean, it's it's kind of his first, if you look at it, his first look at trauma, right? I mean, these are people that are corporate elites. He's probably never been in, you know, like uh, like in the military. Maybe he's never been in active duty. That was his first time in active duty, as you've seen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Didn't know how to handle it. Um, his dad probably, probably owns a speeder dealership somewhere. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Total sidebar. Yeah. Definitely. You know, and then he sees this trauma in front of him. And he, like you said, he didn't know how to react. I mean, he, people, he has, now he has blood on his hands. Yeah. Similar to what the rebellion has dealt with. And now he has blood on his hands. And it'll be interesting to see his character moving forward if he's able to come back with that or. You know, we'll see what. I'm sure this is going to get reported up. I mean, he's going to have to shoot his boss. Like you figure, you this is bad. I mean, he's how many guys are dead? Like ten guys are dead now, and he blew up all the stuff. He's going to have have to take that guy off the ship too. Yeah, the ship's probably what a hundred thousand credits. I mean, how do you report that you're missing a ship? And I'm thinking about the blood cost too. I mean, you got to pay out insurance. You got to pay out benefits. You got to pay out to next again. I mean, this stuff isn't free, and these guys probably have contracts. I mean, it's not like some conscripted, you know, hypnotized stormtrooper that can't shoot straight, right? These are guys that fell out of that. These are the people that couldn't even be stormtroopers. So, you know, these are the worst of the worst. These are the worst, you know. These are the people where, like, you know, they played an inside linebacker in high school, and it is there. You're not in high school anymore. You're like 32, and you are playing maybe flag football at a YMCA, and they are not not playing. Like they are anywhere except Friday Night Lights. You know what I mean? They're going strong side left, strong. These are the, all every single one of these guys. I'm like, I've seen you, I've seen you, I've seen <laughs> seen this guy, and, and it's just kind of funny to see them portray, you know, not a mindless robot, right? Not a paladin like Jedi, not someone who's obsessed with morality. These guys are just doing a job, and they're all sort of pissed off that they have to do it a little bit. They're all like kind of resentful. You guys are bringing up some good points and everything into both what you and um, you and T. Mitch said, Steel City. Um, they're giving a, a, a Disney's giving a lot of runway to work with, so we're not getting truncated episodes like we did with um, what I feel that we did with um, Kenobi and also um, Boba Fett. So we're getting expanded story where they're able to develop a little bit more nuance with these with these characters with these screws. You know, and get to see like, you know, Taylor reactions and stuff, you know, stuff, how it really affects them, you know, um, in a, in a six episode, you know, story that, that wouldn't have been, that would have been highly probably cutting and irrelevant and everything. Those, those, those screws would have been there out, you know, in come the stormtroopers, you know, um, but with this, we're seeing more development. We're seeing more, we're seeing a pacing, you know, being developed, you know, a, a, a lot, a lot better than what we had what well, we probably missed with the, like the other series and stuff. So I think that's a testament to um, Disney, you know, with them doing this as well. Mm-hmm. You know what this sets up another episode of, ladies and gentlemen? This is setting up a great another episode of Nerd Court. I mean, <laughs> DP, I mean, you've kind of alluded to this, and I said this before. I mean, what's the key factor in all these stories that you're excited about? They're new properties that fans like us, even the 1% super fans who swear they know where Andor is from and they have all this lore, we don't know, right? So Disney has now found a formula that works for them. Stop telling stories about the Jedi we know about. Stop telling stories about people. Tell new stories. Why? Because we can't complain. We can't bitch, right? Right. With the Mandalorian, we really can't bitch because we don't really know, right? Oh, yeah, right. So when they're telling us these new properties, it's allowing us to really take this in and, and now develop these characters. I love, you know, they tried it maybe with the Obi-Wan and we weren't too happy with what they did, but we kind of knew the characters, right? We knew that they were Inquisitors. We kind of had an idea what Inquisitors did. But in this story, we don't know what's going on. We don't know the time frame really. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's allowing us to take it in. So I, I really think that this is a formula for Disney and all these stories moving forward to these anthologies just being different stuff that we just really can't connect with directly, but we have a similar liking because we know the universe. So well, well, I'm really excited for this. What you, what you also told about too, is that um, a lot of the legacy characters like the Skywalkers, Solo, um, um, Kenobi, um, Boba Fett and everything, those are stuff from way back that you're sort of used to and, and, and to sort of change like, you know, some stuff here and there and everything is you're, you're going to get a, 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 a response you may get like right. a like a response as if you've been into an origin it's like eh, you know that 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 type of response like a child that you didn't feel the rind off at first right yeah <laughs> <No>. <laughs> right 
That's how you end up in the security force. For <laughs> they hand right. you an orange, and if you just bite it, they hire you. Yeah, it's, it's not going to work if you just bite into the orange and everything. So yeah, yeah, yeah I, it's, it's not going to work. Um, how, how about the fitness of the security force? As we're saying, wow. Oh, <laughs> that's why I said are, I was telling you guys, athletes, man. That, yeah, that's definitely the middle linebacker, yeah, but yeah. 14, 15 years later, right? Maybe they maybe they have a job that they have to do with something physical. Maybe they hold a jack hammer all day, but they're hammering beers. So they've put on 60, 70, 80 pounds, and they've gotten 15, 16 years dumber. Mm. <laughs> so dumber. Yeah. Speaking of hammers, it's a one way, it's a one-way trip. Speaking of hammers, how about that guy with the at the bell tower and everything? You know, I his was, job is awesome. I forgot it because that was the first. Trailer, the first trailer like scene, the yeah. first sneak we was saw great. with this guy walking up there with the he put his headphones on. He's like, <laughs> oh, you know, we I forgot about that. And then when they actually worked it into the episode, yeah. he yeah. told everyone to go home. Yeah, he's like, yeah. he's just up there. He's just like, God, I love this job. I got the job. Like, there's nobody in Star Wars that's ever just happy. Like you know what I mean? Everyone in Star Wars is always like, "Oh, I need revenge on this on this guy for something." Yeah, and, and this guy's just guy like, "You know what?" There. Just banging on a drum all day, and maybe he's on to something. Yeah, yeah, he's, he has his job and everything. Hey, you know what? The other neat thing that they introduced in this was, so the Empire is this huge trillion, cabillion credit industry that can't be beat. Uh, Cassian says it. What's the one thing they miss? Just someone walking in their front door, walking on their floors, he says, talking their language. And what's the one thing we see that also brings this whole thing together? The empire can be brought down by just some plans with just a a computer cluster that's pulled out. The smallest little thing can undermine this entire machine Operation, right 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 you know that uh, one conversation he had with um um scarsgar's character um about the arrogance of the empire mm-hmm. and being able to walk in and you know well, well i mean well he was a conversation he said well how did you get in you know he walked in the front did, door that was what now you must have done something you know it must have been something more than that no it was the arrogance these people these fat cats these fat bastards and all that stuff yeah um um they don't care about nothing. They're so arrogant that I can walk in there and spit on their food and, you know, do all this, that, and the third and everything. And they wouldn't, they will have no, no wherewithal. Now, and you can go take this really simple piece of technology from them and that will collapse their entire, their entire structure. Like the plans. You know, which yeah, he inevitably is responsible uh, for. It's like foreshadow. <laughs> like, no yeah, wonder they picked him to do that, right? He's just going to waltz in there and walk out. And that's exact. And it's so great because that's literally his plan in Rogue One. We're yeah. going to waltz in there. We're going to act like yeah. we own the place. We're going to walk out with it. And, it's, and, it's, and it makes so it. much sense. So it's great for this character. I mean, yeah. it, this is a, this is a home run for me. I'm really excited about where they're yeah. going with this. Another, another great Western, but like... Uh, unlike the Mandalorian, I don't think we're going to see a lightsaber here, right? I just don't think it's going to happen. So it's even yeah. another step. It. Not yeah, right. It's another step further away from from you know the stuff that's so on the rails. Like a character right. like Luke Skywalker is in, mapped out from like conception to mm-hmm. death mm-hmm. at every single spot. Every so spot. you can only affect so many things with them. So the plot armor is so strong with a character like that or with like Leia, for instance, like you can't like, could Leia have seen any of the traumatic stuff that, that Cassian sees here. And really the answer is no, because you'd have to, it would change how she acts later. It would have to. And, and, and so you would know that this is like, this is kind of false. This has, this has really, this reminds me of, of game of Thrones, which is a show that was really great at shorthand telling you why you should give a shit about someone. And then just wiping them off the face of the earth like right away, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> it, bang, gone. It goes yeah. to that pacing and everything. And I mean, mm-hmm. that's a great show that you you brought up because I'm I'm watching like House of the Dragons and everything. Yeah. And it's a much different level of pacing that eh, 
you know, you you can either like it or you don't, you know, um, depending on like, you know, your level of um, um, liking that particular show and everything. But this reminds me, yes, this was reminding me of like the early days of Game of Thrones where you had the 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 the, the pacing of the show and the characters that were um, introduced were given a lot more nuance, a lot more character around them before, like, you know, Hitch said they were wiped out, you know, mm-hmm. um, ruthlessly. Just um, yeah. <laughs> Tim, you know, you, you, you got <laughs> well, Tim would have been in trouble in Game of he, Thrones, right? He, you know what? He got what he deserved. Because what he deserved, he was, yes. That's, that's, the barrel, not that we're going to spoiler. We're not spoiler alerting something that's been 10 years old, but that's Ned Stark yeah, right there, right? I'm going to do what's honorable. I'm going to do it. Like, these guys are all acting like that. I'm going to do what's right, and no matter what the cost, even if it's stupid, I'm just going to do it. <sighs> What a creep, though. How about that guy? Like, you know, far just like staring at her from the back of the bar. Weird. It's uh, a yeah. weird kind of boyfriend to have, right? Yeah, yeah. He's super weird. Oh, I mean, I could look at her all day, actually. So, man, she's she's nice. Whew. Anyway, now, who who is she gonna end up being? Like the relationship between her and Cassie, and is she? She's definitely not from Canary, right? So. Where's that going? Because it's something. interesting because she's the only other person other than um the, the mother. Well, not the, the mother, mother. Yeah, the, the woman. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, the older lady. That yeah, the older lady. lady. I like her is. character too. Yeah. Marva. Marva. Yeah. Yeah. What a yeah. Star Wars name. Yeah. Marva. Typical. Yeah. 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 Even she has some regret. It's kind of crazy how we get these like these stories, you know, and. We talk about how, you know, Obi-Wan was kind of stolen from his family. And, I mean, it was a weird situation because she had no idea that he was with a tribe. I mean, he's in an imperial ship, you know, going crazy. There's nobody with him. So, you know, she just did what typically, you know, a mother would do is just try to take care of him, not knowing. But, uh, you know, the dynamic. She saw fire, though. She saw that that anger, that that attack, that natural attack um, uh, sort of like just – expectation you know and and she said i gotta save this i'm not gonna let because the republic's gonna come down here and rain hell they're gonna rain fire on this entire planet okay okay so she saved him pretty much from that because i was trying to uh, follow it he could he wasn't going to go back to his peoples you know i think that's what they were all wiped out they were all gonna be they're all wiped out he decided okay this is the one i'm I'm, I have a connection with him. I'm going to save him, you know. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I believe so, because when that ship, that's why they sold the uh, fuel modules, I believe. See, they were trying to get anything out of there before the Empire had came down to figure out what happened to that and try to maybe get remnants, because if they saw some of them on there, I'm sure they would have just went and killed them all, sent a search team out and, and killed them. So I think she just tried, as he said, to pr- protect them. But uh, it was kind of funny. that she, she definitely said Republic. And definitely right. acted like they were going to act like how we would consider the empire, like right. definitely like the empire Which we would, we yeah. know would show up and just be like, all right, well we're just gonna wipe out everything within a mile of this thing and see you later, right. you know, like that's just how they'd act. So, right. Back then, so when when he was young, that was during the Republic before they actually became like the empire. Yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah. I felt that that was during the the whole. Uh, it was, I, th- I thought it was during the war, wasn't it? Right, it during like the Clone that. Wars, yeah, like right. the Republic was kind of on the house. Ooh, okay. Yeah, that this is kind of between three and four, remember DP? So we're kind of at that end of yeah. okay, and end, end okay. of the uh, the Jedi Council, kind of the yeah. Coruscant Council. It's like fifteen period. to eighteen years before this current this setting was yeah. when episode three happened. Like episode three would be fifteen years before this episode one would be right. right. Episode so the, two would the, be eighteen. The Republic would have been still the enemy. Well, I'm, I'm talking about the the flashbacks, the flashbacks specifically. Yes. Right. Yeah. Okay. So by saying Republic, they're they're coding, telling us that it is at least 15 years before these events, because that's how long it has been since the Empire was established. Oof. So they're saying it's a longer time. It's a long time ago. And and what that says is that the I mean that guy. I mean these Republic officers shoot first and ask questions later on kids. Like there's some that's yeah. weird. That's weird that they're just blown. Just pulling up like that guy wakes up, looks at looks at, you know, obviously he's after a crash. Looks at this, you know, thirteen year old girl and just shoots her in the back. That's not very. That's not like you know, it, if you portrayed a United States like helicopter pilot doing that, you would be protested significantly if you did that in art. So that's very very underhanded and bad play. I mean, to have the Republic be doing that says something also about what was the the state of 
the Republic before the Empire showed up, which yeah. again speaks to is this a working class Star Wars, which which again can correctly identified this as the the most you know rubber meets the road it's almost like these people don't have enough time to give a shit who's running the empire <laughs> like they just right. are too busy trying to get by like they can't really be bothered with yeah, the they politics. don't they don't have time to worry about the politics and oh. worry about all the bureaucracy that's going on because that's all that's actually all failed in their eyes they don't mm. trust it they don't see the the significance of it and they don't see the value of it it's all crap it's Which so it interesting. Is. It's so interesting how they're how they're taking these themes, you know, these kind of nihilistic undertones of our, you know, of our post-COVID society and really holding a mirror up to it, which is something that I don't think Star Wars gets a lot of credit for being topical. And sure, is some of this a little, you know, TBS 1994 Planet and like it's a, okay, I get it. Like I get what they're saying, right? Like you, you kind of understand some well, of it. It, it. it goes back to the prequels. I mean, George Lucas was a genius um, before his time setting all this up. He may have, he may not have, um, 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 was able to communicate the dialogue, you know, very. very <laughs> but plot wise, he was ahead of his time. You know, he'd have just done a Larry David and be like, "Yeah, you guys write the dialogue." <laughs> You just improvised. Oh, 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 yeah, he, he set everything up. I mean, we wouldn't be telling these type of stories, I don't think, if he didn't make those prequels like how he did. You know, and give the inspiration mm -hmm. to tell these type of stories. I'm trying to think if if yeah. I think that this this has more to do with or like more thematic relationship to the original stuff. Now, I think you've you've made my memory my my brain do this. I'm thinking about is this closer to the original trilogy? Or is it closer to like the Clone Wars and the Mandalorian? And it's interesting because I, I that, think there's this anti, there's like a real anti-authority under, like undertone to this that is very very present in um in those original films. That's less so in the more corporate stuff that's in you know from the '90s, right? That's that's like the prequel stuff. I think, I think some that's of the original stuff was sort of smoothed over. I didn't, uh, you know, maybe the, the the early Star Wars films were they tapered back a little bit. They wanted mm. to get this anger out there. They wanted to get this sort of mistrust and and hatred of power and authority. Right. I think now in our world we can re like relate so much to it because we mm. experience it every day. Yeah. Well, think Yo. about the, the prequel era too. Like we we've talked about how, you know, that post 9-11 era was a real psychotic area for yeah. like the entire country. We all we were all it, it affected us a lot. That, that was a real trauma for for all of us, right? And I think it really impacted the way we viewed art. And I think that sort of anti-authoritarianism, like that sort of like um, you know, damn the man, that sort of thing wouldn't have flown in that era. You yeah. couldn't have done it. It's a, a black and white. It, it, things were, I guess, the, with the original trilogy, trilogy, it was more black and white, you know, good versus evil. Then it got into more of a more of a nuanced type of thing with the prequels and stuff. And like you said, as we grow older, we see it in, in different lights and stuff. Now, with the content and everything mm -hmm. coming out now, it's, mm -hmm. it's even more so because it's just so much gray out there. It's not straight black and white now. Right. Because even the conflict with Anakin all he wanted to do was save his wife. All yeah. he wanted to do was save can, his family. That is bad, you know, evil. When he, all he wanted to do was save his wife. Yeah, nevertheless, how could he be so bad. How could he be he, evil if he did, he did kill, nevertheless he, did kill some children. He did, before he got married, he was killing kids. <laughs> like we talked about this. But that, they were Jedi. The, that they that were movie Jedi. has an they explicit, were, were explicit rails. message that sometimes kids anymore. gotta die. <laughs> Episode they two and episode they three. couldn't even do anything. George Lucas <laughs> firmly believes that you can be nine years old and need to get got. And those two things are true in Star Court. <laughs> I mean, it's true. And I think that there's there's something to be said about what what year does 2022 have more in common with, right? Like 1997, which is when he was primarily writing, you know, episode one and conceiving of the plot for the the uh, prequel trilogy or 1977 
when you know Star Wars came out. And when you think about 77, you know, when I think about all the art from the 70s, I think about these anti-heroes, I think about you know Watergate, I think yeah. about how you know there's like dog day afternoons about bank robbers who are like bucking the system. You know, the sting is all about you know these con men. You know the heroes of the time. The mafia, the mafia was huge. There was the people felt they were heroes of the working class because they were standing up to. Well, they controlled the unions. They were standing up mm -hmm. to the police. They were standing up to the establishment. Yeah. yeah. And it's so interesting to see how this, how that, that is reflected in the art. And you know, it makes it makes you like I feel like we're coming closer to these themes of the original trilogy as as history has turned that that direction back where we've had sort of you know a governmental failure and we're all sort of living in the aftermath of that now mm -hmm. right just like i think you know like society was obsessed itself? what's that like history repeating itself right right like we've come we've come back around to you know hey we're we don't really trust authority figures anymore like a, a lot of the time, probably at least for mm -hmm. most people, almost half the time, right? Like you figure almost half the time you look at an authority figure and you think this person does not have my best, my best interests are. And right. that, that that's I think is probably about. common, common, regardless of where you are in the spectrum, right? Like that's I, just, I, I cannot think of how, I mean, I, I was only like, well, when, when did Watergate happen? Um, that like 76, 77, 70, like 70, well, Nixon resigned in 74. The break-in was during the 72 camp. Okay. So, so it was like I that. Was, I was not even born, you know, until 75 and everything. I can't imagine how the country felt. About I was three. Three, uh, three years old. A very important position being as compromised as it was back then. In the um, so I mean, and there was no social media back then, <laughs> so just imagine um the 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 the, the uh, just composed to right now things are. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we were. Yes, we were. Yes, we. Were. <laughs> I will end it like there. <laughs> oh well, alive, not born, alive in seventy five. He said, uh, "It's it's interesting to say." that I think if you showed this, you know, apart from the technical advancements and whatever else, if you showed like an audience that saw maybe just 77 star Wars, right? The original star Wars, this, I think they would relate to it on some pretty basic levels because of those thematic similarities. And I think that is, that is a turn in the right direction. I think we all, pro it sounds like we all agree that that's the case. And we're real excited to see what happens next. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Here, here. And I like, when I finished episode three, when, it, when I watched the credits and went all the way through, it suggested I watch I watch Rogue One. I don't know why. Mm. Oh, magic of Disney. Yo, it actually reminded my wife that she really enjoyed the experience of seeing Rogue One in the theater. Like she said, that was probably her favorite in theater Star Wars experience of the ones that have come out. So, Ken, that is media telling you what to do. <laughs> and look, it's if fine. we learn anything, I'm, I'm if we learn anything from this, if we learn anything from this art, it's don't listen to that court, those corporate stooges. <laughs> and one is keep you on their platforms instead of yeah. going over to Netflix. I mean, yeah. I love that the villain of this show is like everybody's worst boss they ever had, right? Like that's like exactly right. who we're going to be up against, and I'm I'm so excited for that. Yeah, guys. I mean, I'm, like I said, it, it's been a, definitely been a fun rundown. I mean, it's crazy to think we can break down really just the context of three episodes. But yeah, man, we've found a way to, to get it done in one episode. So I guess kudos to all of us. Um, obviously, we'll be back next week breaking down episode four. Is they're going to do just one, right? Yeah, yeah, only one comes out. One a week, yeah. So we don't have to. We don't have to be quite so ruthless. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't have to be quite so ruthless after work. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> Yeah, that's just way I have to start by six. You can't, you can't be late. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we got guys driving in their car with their phone on the steering wheel and stuff. We can't, you know. <laughs> They'll be able to watch one episode on the exactly. TV, right. just on the TV, right? Exactly. So we'll be able to get the one episode in, you know, in your theater. Or at, at, the, <laughs> at the football field, you know, whatever. Yeah, right. yeah, Somewhere. Right. Somewhere. Under, under a tree in shade, yeah. Just watch it, yeah. <laughs> that's dedication, though, getting it in. Get your reps in. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, guys, um, another fun episode. Another uh, another classic DP quote that I'm sure we'll get. We'll save a clip for for his greatest hits 
the greatest hits we'll have to release at some point. So, uh, oh man, there are there's some Boca good ones. right up there with Boca That's right. <laughs> so, yeah, guys. Um, happy everybody's enjoyed this episode, and as we always ask you guys to do, please subscribe, smash all those likes up, and comment on our Facebook page, please, because we really enjoy everything you guys do, and we want to keep giving you great content. But until next week, guys, this is the way. This is the way. The way.